Welcome to Talking Tuesday. I am your host, Fancy Quant, and today we are going to talk about lessons I have learned for managers making bad decisions. So the last episode last week was about, you know, lessons I learned from managers who made good decisions. Today I'm going to tell three stories here again, and we're going to talk about the lessons I have learned from these. So the first story is being combative when caught. So I had this project, a colleague of mine who I viewed as a boss, but he wasn't really a boss. He was like the team lead and whatnot. Um, we had this project where we signed this project and we needed to go in and do this validation. Quick, simple, easy. It was a market risk project. I don't even recall what the project itself was on, but we had to go through this and do this full validation. And so we get all the paperwork, we line everything out, we build the work plan. We're going through the work and I'm like coding and checking things. And my colleague is like, this thing just doesn't look right. You know, let's set up a time to meet with the other team that did this validation a year or two before and see what's going on here. Because it looks like a lot of these findings that were issued were closed, but we don't have any evidence for how these things were closed. And so we start going through this validation here and we start finding out that like a lot of the work that was said was done, we had no evidence that was done. And so it seemed like they just didn't validate the project or they were in a bind and ran out of time and kind of like, didn't do things quite right here. And we don't, again, we don't fully know what happened with it, but we started digging. And then all of a sudden there was like an emotional blow up of one of the employees on the team that accused another one of the colleagues on my team here of something ridiculous, like a name calling or something because they were international, which made absolutely no sense because the person they accused was the same nationality from the same country from like Anyways, this thing blew up and then their boss got involved on it and we were trying to ask them, you know, what's going on with this? I need this document. I need this material. I need these other issues here. And then she kind of started ghosting us and spinning stories and disappearing. And now we're sitting here like, what the hell's going on? So we're like, you know, starting to really like dive in on this. And we were basically told at one point, like from senior management, just let it go. Just ignore everything in the past. Just let it go and, you know, just do your validation here. So these are sketchy things that actually do occur in the industry. And I think that uh, they need to be talked about a little bit more. But the lessons, <laughs> lesson one here is, you know, ask for help when you don't know something. And I think from looking back at this, I think the issue was is the model that was being validated wasn't understood by the original validation teams that were on this. Uh, my colleague and I that were on this were like, jazz to be on this project you know we're getting really into this we're like digging through documentation and modeling and pulling up you know academic papers and whatnot uh, but if you don't know ask for help and i think one of the key takeaways of this the reason why this happened once we started digging a little more later down the road is i don't think the individuals actually had the knowledge or expertise to actually do it and so instead of the employees saying hey i don't know or maybe they did and then they went to the manager and said i don't know and then the manager's like well i don't know just make something up it wasn't actually validated. The work actually wasn't done. And the reason for this was because they didn't know what they were doing. And so the lesson one here is, you know, just ask for help. Like if you don't know, find someone on these teams. So banks are structured in a way such that you have like operations risk team, at least the ones I've been at. Uh, you have like a credit risk team, a market risk team, and like a CCAR and stress testing team. And, you know, if you don't know, just go to somebody else and ask. Or worst case scenario, if nobody in your organization knows, which is shockingly more uh, common than you would expect, uh, go online and find someone at another bank that, you know, you have some connections with or ties to. I mean, we're all intertwined together. 
and ask these people, hey, can you just give me the basics of how this specific model works and try to figure it out? Now, again, do not ask people, I can't emphasize this enough, do not ask people for help on an actual project, on actual details from your company. This violates your company's proprietary rules and laws and a whole bunch of things. You can be fired for it. And yes, many people ask me all the time and I have to refuse to give them specific answers and I delete what they send me because often people send something and say, hey, I got this screenshot and it's like, don't send that to me. Um, anyways, <laughs> the second lesson here is going to be, you know, document all the work uh, that you actually do on your end. So if you have issues, make sure you document those issues and state this is what we looked for, this is what we couldn't find. Um, because often things are going to get swept underneath the rug here, meaning like somebody didn't do something or something, they ran out of time, and so like they're taking shortcuts. Make notes. Take as many notes as you can. I write documentation for these model validations. For those of you that don't know, uh, these reports are like 80 plus pages sometimes. I've written reports are like in the hundreds, like 150, 200 pages. And it's going through all the little nuanced details of the model, how it was built, how the data was processed, is it the right type of model, all the testing, all the outcome analysis, all the performance, um, any things, any findings or issues that were opened in the past or problems, how we closed them, the evidence, the documentation. So doing all of this has saved me a lot of headaches because we didn't want to end up in a situation in this example, for example, where we would, you know, say, oh yeah, everything was done. And then we sign off on it. And now when it goes back up for validation, again, if it goes to a different team and now they come back to us, then we look like we're in the same situation where it's like, we aren't doing our job. And so by documenting this, this has helped me amazingly. And throughout my entire career where models have blown up, and then people say, oh, Dimitri, you were the validator or you were the model developer and you built this terrible model and it's all your fault. And then magically I pull out like the report I had to write, you know, and they go through and they go, well, if you look in here under, you know, model weaknesses uh, and limitations, uh, it says X, Y, and Z. And this was stated. And then here are the meeting minutes from the meeting where I did the presentation. And I also called that out. And I had this issue here, here, here. And I did the extra analysis for this. And I explained this is how it was going to fail. And then people go, oh. Okay, and then they go back to their drawing board and try to figure out what they're going to do now because the reality was they didn't pay attention. So document, document, document. I can't emphasize that enough, guys. Even if you don't publish it in the final report, have the reports, have the materials ready. Make sure they are presented to like your manager so everybody is aware. And then if they want to take them out of the report for some reason, that's up to them and that's on their plate. Okay, and story number two here is going to be treating people like they are dumb because you're dumb. I know this sounds like not a correct statement here, but we had a managing director that was assigned to a project that shouldn't have been assigned to the project. And I remember me and my colleagues still to this day talk about it and laugh. Uh, they were going to be this big shot on this big project and they were not qualified to do it. And they were granted it because they threw a tantrum about it, which happens in the industry, unfortunately. And what ended up happening was they were assigned to this project and then they had all these resources, which was like my team. So all the people on my actual team, I was just one of the colleagues, I had a few other colleagues and like my boss was involved with this. And I remember they took us into this room and we did the kickoff of the project and everything. And then the first meeting after that, they're going to do this real technical, you know, quantitative, you know, project and meeting and discussion. And they start the meeting and start going through like, the one-on-ones on how to do credit models. Now, <laughs> I look around the room here. 
I'm fairly new and I know all this information. So I'm like, this is dumb and this is a waste of my time. So I whip up on my laptop and I start, you know, typing away. And uh, I'm like, I don't even care. This guy's an idiot. And my colleagues, some of my colleagues have been doing this for 15 plus years. So they're like way ahead of me where they're at. And they're actually really, really good on this area as well. So my colleagues interrupting him like, we already know all this. Don't waste our time with this. And then the managing director would like, oh, no, no, no. Let me realize you guys need to understand the basics. And like would brush him off and would just keep going with the presentation here. And this project was like <laughs> the worst project I've probably ever seen ran. And the performance on the team of it, um, they ended up kicking off my team. We just got kicked off the project because they were unhappy with the way we were trying to get the project done on time and they couldn't figure out how to do the project. Um, and so there's a few lessons from this in general and some of the bad decisions and takeaways from this here. So the manager decided just to keep going and to treat everyone like they're dumb because they, I don't think they really understood, but instead of just asking the questions, they made the decision to treat everybody like they were idiots. And then when we explained, we already knew everything and explained quickly in an overview, what exactly he was going to teach. Uh, they just kept going. Like they just doubled down here. Don't double down. Um, the lessons for this though is going to be, if you don't know something, just don't speak. I know this sounds wrong. So if you have a question, please do ask the question. But often I find the people that know the very least about the topic are typically the people that are jumping out of their seats. And I blame a lot of this on the business schools. So if you're at a business school and they teach you to talk and run your mouth all the time because it makes you look like you know something, you don't. Like just sit down and shut up. And the issue with this is that, that those people are standing up and they're talking and they're telling you, oh, this is how you do it. And this is why it's done this way. And let me explain this to you. And the problem is they don't really know what they're doing. And often you have some bad outcomes from this. One, if you're so overconfident, which is what taught many business schools here, you're so confident people are convinced that's how you do it. And then they do it and it doesn't work. Then it's on you and it's your fault. Or two, you jump up and you say all these things and someone who's an actual expert jumps in and says, no, that's completely wrong. And then they destroy you logically on the board the whiteboard or the chalkboard here and explain exactly why you're wrong and why it doesn't work. And now you look like the idiot. This is the same example with this individual as managing director we had. He just made himself look so dumb and so incompetent. From that point forward, nobody that was on the, this project in general wanted to work with him because he was treating them as if they were like stupid, incompetent fools. When the reality was he was speaking up and trying to be an authoritative you know, position here and try to explain how he knew everything. And it backfired and made this entire project fail. So this is, I think, is one of those issues here where it kind of the arrogance comes in. And that comes in here to lesson two, which is, you know, incompetence and arrogance burns bridges on basically all fronts here. So after this event occurred here, he almost lost respect from everybody. And even in, he could have probably salvaged this. So if you make this mistake, you know, go back, apologize, and try to figure out where everyone else is at and get going here. But the lack of willingness to work with people, the fact that you're arrogant here, you burn so many bridges, no one's going to work with you anymore. And unfortunately, this was one of many events with the same individual that kind of went over and over and over and over again. And so at the end of the day, it was like, when they were in meetings talking, everybody just like, yep, thanks. And then they would just like move on. And this is kind of an unfortunate factor, but it happens when you make these poor decisions where you treat other people like they're dumb or you talk when you shouldn't be talking 
and you're telling other people exactly how to do things when you don't really know here. So again, <laughs> these are unfortunate realities. The decisions that were made in this project as a whole were quite terrible. Don't be mean to people. Don't be nasty to people and don't treat people like they're dumb, especially on the quant side. Um, often quants just won't say anything. And so in their mind, they're like checking like me. I didn't say anything in the meeting. And yet in my mind, I already checked out and was on my laptop working on another project because I already knew it was going to be a waste of time. And the whole project ended up blowing up just because, right, everybody had kind of been done with that. He'd lost all authoritative management and the whole thing melted down. So those are the lessons from that story. The third story here is going to be calling people out in public when your feelings are hurt. So again, this is just kind of a little piece of tidbit here and kind of a power play that was done multiple occasions from a specific individual that I'd worked with. Not on my team, though. What ended up happening was we had a disagreement. So as I mentioned in the last episode here, so if you watched last week, I mentioned that my team was so in tune. We built all these relationships with each other. It was very easy to jump up and say, you know, like, Dimitri, you're wrong. And I had a colleague and he kept telling me in one of my music, Dimitri, you're so smart. You're so smart. How do you not understand this? How are you this dumb? And then I'm, I'm like, I, I don't understand like what you're saying and it doesn't make sense. And I'm, I'm trying to explain myself. But we always had respect for each other because we built out those relationships and made those good decisions here. But in this scenario, we had a colleague that worked on a different team that was involved. And they were trying to argue a point. And one of my colleagues jumped up and was like, no, before we get going too far down the rabbit hole, let me explain exactly how this works. And they're trying to explain this to them and show them and explain, no, you're wrong and went through it and is explaining why the logic was wrong and how we needed to go about doing this, which is your job here, right? This is what we need to do. And this individual got their feelings hurt and was like, jumped up and basically said like, you know, I don't appreciate the way you're talking to me on this. You know, we're trying to be a team here and you're like basically not being a team player. And that comment that you made is mean. Okay, this is not the right thing to do. Just going to throw it out there right now. This is not the right thing to do. Um, lessons from this is if an issue does occur, so perhaps you said, okay, my feelings were hurt. I'm upset. I said something uh, or somebody said something to you, you know, do it in private because you kind of have a double risk here now or double-edged sword. Now, if it's clearly wrong, like a racial comment is made or something has got said that's clearly way out of line, uh, as a manager or even an employee, it's great to correct it and say, you know, we don't say that on the team or whatever, but you do take a little bit of a risk by doing that. But at the same time, when there are things that's like where my personal feelings are hurt because you're wrong or you didn't do something, like do it in private. The last second lesson from this is understanding that the team dynamics of don't speak and argue what you don't know here, which again was kind of the same issue that we saw in the last story. The reason you shouldn't do this is that one, you put yourself really far out there and you now put the other person in a combative situation. The way that it's done when you interrupt somebody and then tell them that they're wrong and that they're essentially bad and they hurt your feelings and that you're going to have this issue here. What ends up happening now is now that individual now is put in a position where it's like they're in a combative defensive position where, okay, well now I'm being attacked back for trying to help. And in this example, the reason this is not the situation you just in is because we are arguing over a technical topic. We're not arguing over personal grudges here. Like I'm not calling you names or going after you for the way you look or the way you do things. 
And so in these scenarios here, you it just puts you in a really tight spot because it makes now you in the hot spot in the spotlight. And this individual thought they like you know, stuck one to him. But now everyone else in the call kind of lost respect for it. And even after the call, the individual that got called out on it didn't say anything. And yet the rest of us after that meeting met and we're like, can you believe like he's not a team player? He's not getting things done. He doesn't seem to be, you know, really focused on getting to the answer and getting there quickly. He's more concerned on like the politics and the politeness and like doing the dance. And in the quant realm and a lot of cultures, this is just not an acceptable solution to do. Um, from a management perspective as well, if you're the manager and you kind of do this, now your team stops speaking up because now when they say things that aren't actually attacks or aren't actually personal issues and you kind of, you know, jump in there because your feelings are hurt, it really puts people on guard. And so now we're not getting the full value of all the other participants because other people now are going to be really hesitant to say anything because they don't want to be in that position. And then often you're going to be labeled a crybaby, which is basically what a lot of us were thinking. It's like, I mean, you can't do the job. You don't know what you're doing. And then now you throw this tantrum in the middle of the meeting. And it wasn't more, it was more than just the statement. Uh, there were some other things that occurred. And so these things kind of compile as well. So again, if it's something serious, definitely say something and step up. But in this situation, if you are kind of mad about something and you just feel like you're being kind of not put in a great position, but the reality is that it's a discussion of work-related content and it's not getting into personal attacks. Uh, just wait to talk about it to after the meeting because for all you know, the other individual didn't know that that was how you took it. Maybe they can go about, you know, kind of readjusting it. And then you also don't offend and put everybody else kind of on a defensive position for future meetings. So anyways, those are my stories. Those are my lessons from bad decisions from managers. Thanks for listening. And as always, until next time.